Welcome to the Leader to Leader podcast. I'm your host, Susan Spears. Our guest today is Pete Humes, who is the market president at Atlantic Union Bank. Pete, welcome to the program. Thank you, Susan. Uh, Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to see you this morning. Um, Pete has been so active in our community here in the Fredericksburg, Virginia region for a long time, although he's still quite a young man. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, he's just smiling. And for those of you that are listening this morning, he has more than 30 years of commercial banking experience. Um, When he joined Atlantic Union Bank, their leadership team a few years ago, and He's just uh, been terrific as a community leader in our region. I'll tell you a little about that in a minute. I also want to mention that he his leadership experience, while it's been very impressive in the banking world, uh, he also spent 21 years of service as a combat engineer officer in the U.S. Army and its reserve components, retiring in 2007 with the rank of lieutenant colonel. He is a veteran of Operation Enduring Freedom. And here in our community, he's been involved with so many different uh, local nonprofits, uh, such as United Way, uh, the Fredericksburg Regional Alliance here at the Chamber, uh, Military Affairs Council of the Fredericksburg Region, the YMCA, Redco. These are all great organizations you can look up. And we are also both members of the Rappahannock Rotary Club, which we know we have to mention because will be fined if we don't mention it, right, Pete? Absolutely. <laughs> Got to make sure we get that in there. Yeah, and he was our club president in 2015 and 2016. Uh, so that's that's a great amount of service. Uh, Pete has a bachelor's of science degree from Eastern Kentucky University. Uh, he was a distinguished military graduate of the Army ROTC program. He's also a graduate of Virginia Banker School of Bank Management at the University of Virginia, the Graduate School of Banking at Louisiana State University, and the U.S. Army Command and General Staff College. Now, I also have here that he lives in Fredericksburg with his wife, Sharon, and three daughters. But I also have to mention, as I often do on this program, that he has a Labrador Retriever, a three-year-old, right, Pete? A three-year-old lab named Teddy, and I can't believe I left that off that that I sent you. I know. It's, be disappointed. it's really unacceptable. So he has Teddy and I have Theodore. So <laughs> and we kind of, we don't live that far apart. So sometimes those dogs can see each other out on our walks, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah he loves to walk. Yeah. And it's, it's, and it's a wonderful place. If you're listening and you don't know us, look up the Fredericksburg, Virginia region. We are located right in between Washington, D.C. and Richmond, Virginia. Uh, right at the halfway point, and we are a fantastic place and have so many great leaders here. So you just heard a little bit about Pete's background, but I'm going to ask you now, Pete, if you can tell us about your leadership journey. Sure, Susan. Um, again, thank you for, for having me here today. Um, my leadership journey has been highly influenced by uh, my military service, as you read uh, on the on the bio. Um I wasn't what I would think or what I would call a natural leader. You know, I was a good student in high school, decent athlete, but I didn't seek out leadership positions or, or anything like that. I just, uh, it just wasn't something that, that I even thought of or were you know, overly interested in. It wasn't really until I got to college um, that I started taking ROTC classes and um, kind of encountered, uh, my interest started to peak into um, into. The military, I had a, a particular instructor who 
you know, took an interest in me, saw some potential in me, you know, encouraged me to, to, to move forward and, and, and kind of start the journey of becoming an Army officer. Been interested in it, had a family history, a family of tradition of service. And, um, you know, so it was really from that point on, I, I, I kind of started thinking of myself differently, I, the training I received and, and the, the uh, different uh, events and training that, that I took to build the confidence that it took to become a leader. That, that was really kind of where it got started and, uh, and kind of gave me a focus. Mm, that, that's a, a super interesting. You know, you can go in so many different directions when you're in those college years, right? But that, that program really attracted you. It did. It did. I wasn't, um, you know, I had pretty much had a failed attempt at being a college baseball player, so I was looking <laughs> for something. And okay. I, um, you know, I wasn't lost. I was, you know, doing well, but I just didn't have, you know, if somebody were asking me what you're going to do after college, I was like, yeah, I'll get a job, you know. And, but once mm-hmm. I was kind of introduced to RTC, I, I was able to, to, to sign my contract, earn a scholarship, and eventually earn a commission. And, you know, I, I had a you know, sort of a sense of purpose at that point. Yeah, so for people who aren't really familiar with ROTC programs, tell us a little bit more about what that was like. You know, you it's, it's a leadership lab, right? In fact, you have a block of time during your schedule that you, they, they call it lab. And you, you basically are learning, you know, leadership. You're learning, you know, what it, what it, takes or, or would, would how to become an army lieutenant you know that's mm-hmm. the goal when you when you graduate you get a commission as a second lieutenant in the army and, and in terms of army ROTC and that you know, and you learn you learn leadership and there's various classes that you take along the way I took them as an elect as electives when right. I first went because I had an interest in it and, it and it turned out to be to be very beneficial but I also think that it had a lot to do with Captain Steve Dietrich, who okay. was the officer that took an interest and encouraged me to uh, to kind of take that step forward. What are the things that you most remember about him that, that you know, you said he took an interest and in all that, but there's something about him that, that made you really uh, say, I'm inspired. Yeah, he, he was... Um, um, you know, he was teaching a bunch of civilians. He was a West Point grad. Okay. He was at this, this college in Kentucky. He, okay. Um, he care, you know, he took a real interest, not, and not just me, other members of the class, but he, yeah, I remember that we went on some battle, Civil War battlefield tours, okay. you know, as part of our class. You know, he, he was he was involved that way, and, and um, he, he immersed himself in the class, you know, led us by example as he was teaching us to lead by example, and I think that, um, you know, that resonated with, with a lot of folks. Yeah, that's that. That's really great. Sometimes people don't realize the impact they make on on others' lives, you know. And uh, that's just if you if you go about it and you're doing the right things for the right reason and you're you're leading by example, as you mentioned, it can make such a difference. And clearly, he made a difference in your life. Absolutely. He he. You know, it was an assignment for him. You know, he was doing his job, and I think it was natural natural to him. And you know, he moved on, and he probably never thought twice about it. Um, but you know, it stuck with me because it helped me get to where I, where, you know, I use what I learned there just about every day. Now, if we shift our thinking over into like the banking world or just the business community in general, I'm sure you've probably had mentors in that, in that world too, or folks that you think of in that way. Is there anyone that stands out there or someone you'd like to share anything about? No, absolutely. I, I'm probably one of the luckiest, um, bankers 
in Fredericksburg you know, in that regard. I've had the opportunity to work directly for and with some of the best community leaders and, and bankers you know, in the area. Um, you know, and, and there's a, there's a lot to mention. Um, I'll, you know, I'll start with, you know, well, actually two of them have the same name. Um, I'll, I'll start with uh, Ed Allison and Bill Young. Um, you know, they, they were with Virginia Heartland Bank, and they, you know, <clears throat> they they gave me an opportunity, um, and um, you know, really showed me what it was to be a community banker, be active in the community, and, and have a commitment to the community. Um, Bill Young from the National Bank of Fredericksburg is another one. Yes. Um, you know, tremendous community leader, an outstanding banker. Again, um, I've been very blessed. There have been people in my life that have shown interest in me and shown encouragement. He, you know, he showed particular interest in me from a, my career perspective. And also, um, you know, Bill had this thing, you know, as senior leaders in the bank, his expectation was not only did we serve in the community, but that we had a leadership role in those in those activities you know follow your interest but you know whatever you whatever you do you know be active and be a leader in that group that, that's great to um, be encouraged and uh, nudged in that direction you know I bet I wonder in the beginning was that uncomfortable or how did you because uh, I've seen you chair a lot of different things here in the community and you you you're an unassuming kind of you know um, person you don't walk in and take over the room, but yet you get these great leadership roles. Yeah, it, it, it can be intimidating, particularly in some of the groups that I've been able to be involved in. Yeah. You look around the table at some of these, you know, organizations that I've had the benefit of, of being among, and there's some impressive people. We have, we have a lot of impressive people in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just feel fortunate to do that. I think that everybody that's serving in the community recognizes that, you know, everybody's there for the right reasons. And if you're willing to put the time and the effort in, I think that people appreciate that. And, you know, you don't necessarily have to be the loudest voice in the room. That's or, right. You know, you, you, know you, you can be effective, um, you know, by getting the job done. It's great that you mentioned uh, Ed Allison. Um, I, they were our next door neighbors when I was little kids. <laughs> and he, even today, he lives across the street from my dad. They've moved over into um, uh, more of a... Uh, it's not a retirement neighborhood, but it's an, it's a good neighborhood for folks that are a little more senior. Um, and it's, I think it's a pretty neat life thing when you're in the same kind of community and you can see people through like that. Um, Ed Allison for our listeners, there's around here, he's been real active, especially with United Way. And they say, if Ed asks you to lunch, you know, you're not allowed to say no, right, Pete? (laughs) That's what I've heard. (laughs) You are 100% correct. Um, you know, he, uh, he, you know, and he's still leading the community today in his yeah. retirement. Yeah. Um, and, an outstanding gentleman, an outstanding leader, a great banker. A lot of people would, yeah. would agree with that. And, um, yeah, just, uh, we're lucky to have it. Yeah. They're, ju- they're just great legends, um, in, in this area, all, th- all three of them that you mentioned. And, uh, your name's going to be used the same way. Somebody sitting here doing these interviews in a few more years, they're going to say, yeah, that Pete Humes mentored me. 
How do you feel about that? Well, I, I think you're generous. <laughs> um, I would hope so. Um, you know, I'd be honored if it happened, but I'm just trying to, you know, kind of carry on the legacy that these guys taught I me. I know, yeah. I know. What advice do you give, um, or would you give, if someone asked you, for somebody that's starting out in, in the same industry? Um, I know it's different today than when you started out, but looking at that landscape, what, what are the key things you would say to someone that's going into a newer role, wanting to lead in banking? I'd say believe in yourself first and foremost. You know, as you mentioned, you know, walking into a room with, with um, you know, different individuals and different personality types, just believe in yourself. Because, you know, typically if you were in banking particularly, if you were selected for a role like that, there was a reason for it. And you should have the confidence to, yeah. to you, know, you know, lead, you know, when, put in, when given the opportunity. You know, you should also listen. I think listening is something that, that I try to do. Um, you know, I think you, you listen before you act. I, I, I think a lot of times that, you know, you'll make a better decision, uh, you know, when you go forward. Yeah, a listening is key. Active listening is one of our big topics at Leadership Fredericksburg, <clears throat> which we often mention on this program. And for our listeners, uh, Pete and Atlantic Union Bank have been sponsors of Leadership Fredericksburg for its entirety and it's just integral that they do that here in our community, that they support that program and so many others. The last couple of years have been just unprecedented with COVID and everything. Uh, let's walk through some of, the, some of the changes you've seen for the good uh, that you've experienced professionally as a leader. Some of the changes for the good. In the <laughs> banking me. industry, well, um, you know, one of the things that has, uh, you know, I think the remote work is probably the, the biggest thing. Yeah. You know, I, I go back and forth on it. Um, you know, I, I think it's been a big benefit. Um, it's uh, the technology that has come along has helped us be closer to our clients on a more regular basis. So that's one of the, that's a positive. Um, I, I do um, think that uh, more people in the office would on a more regular basis would probably be a better thing. Um, but I do think that that technology um, and, and everything that's come up, you know, the, the familiarity with it and the, and the fact it's just become more commonplace has, has helped us, um, you know, that way. Uh, I think that, and also um, people become more intentional, I think, about their, their communications. I think their, their, their meetings, I think that, that everyone has just become, become better at what they do as a result of coming through the pandemic. Yeah, it's been um, it's been quite the time, right? Uh, uh, we'll look back on this and have a lot of lessons learned and and so forth. Um, and interesting that as I look at the landscape of the last three years, you got that Labrador right on the, uh, you know, he he's almost like a pandemic or right a pandemic dog. He was not intended to be <laughs> a, a pandemic puppy. We uh, we lost our. Uh, I'm gonna. Go way off topic here. That's for a all right. We no, lost, it's all part of it. We lost uh, Noah, our family member, who's nearly fifteen oh, in December. Precious. And he, that was a black lab. A black lab. And this one's a yellow lab. He's a yellow lab. And we lost him in December of 2019. Okay. Yeah. We wow. We, we have three daughters. Um, all three at that time were in college, so we had an empty nest. Our intention was to hold off on getting another. Dog. This was Noah was our second lab in our as, as a couple in our married life, and um, 
we were going to hold off until you know later in the year. At least that was Pete's, Pete's plan. Pete's plan. <laughs> until we, you know, we had we had a daughter who was a college athlete. We, we you know, we enjoy tech football. I mean, things like that. We had a lot of traveling we wanted to do. Well, make a long story short, we had real good friends who had a litter of uh, English lab puppies, and now and we have Teddy, which we got six weeks after Noah. And oh, perfect timing. It just so happened that it was uh, a month or so before everything yeah. shut down because of COVID. So he ended up being, uh, well, he was the, kind of the wow. worst possible scenario of an empty nest puppy and a COVID puppy. So that should tell you everything. It, you need to it's something else. You know, though, I do like sharing that. Um, it, it's uh, These are components of who we are. And part of leadership, I think, is authenticity. So, no, uh, we don't share everything with the entire world. But it is a bonding thing, right? It can be sports teams, uh, children activities, uh, your schools. And certainly um, a lot of folks around here, I think, have, whether it's a dog or cat, but it's particularly the best breed, um, in my opinion, the Labrador Retriever. (laughs) I can agree with that. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, Pete, but we, one of the ways that I solve some of my business problems um, that sometimes feel so overwhelming, uh, when I get out in the neighborhood and I'm walking my dogs, um, I really clear my head and think. I don't know if that's one of the ways that you kind of reflect and solve problems or if, if you feel the same way. I do feel the same way. I, 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 one of my challenges is making time for yes, that. Yes, yes. Um, you know, that's one of the challenges I have as a leader is, is making time for that. I had a good friend who asked me, I was complaining, I guess, about being overscheduled, you mm-hmm. know, and, and they, they really didn't have a lot of empathy for me that, you know, the question he asked was, well, well, when, how much time a day do you spend planning and, and, and sort of thinking strategically? And I was like, yeah. well, yesterday, none. And, um, well, tomorrow, probably not either. So I think those are, <clears throat> that made me think, and those are things that, that I do, but, you know, being out, walking a dog, um, riding my bike, you know, some of the other things I do, yeah, kind of helps with that. It does. It's, and as far as that time management thing and all of that, we're always going to have so many demands. So uh, I found that I'll block time. I I call it being intentional, but on my outlook that the team can see, I have NM, which means no meetings. So I put that on there and I'll say, that's where I've got to do this this processing and all that's in, you know, in the office, but then at the end of the day, you know, so you can, you can decide, am I going to go to another event or different things? But when you can to have that time, um, I find it so valuable. Um, And they're just so good at it. They're, they're, they're great. So this is a, this is a public service announcement. Get a Labrador if you don't have one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, tell me a little bit more though, Pete, about your, your leadership style. That's a tough one for me. <clears throat> I'm a little all over the place, but I think situational, um, collaborative. Those are those are kind of the things that, that come up in my in my role at the bank. I I have uh, direct reports who are you know kind of all over the spectrum in terms of experience and capabilities and 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 those things. And and um, we um, so you have to adapt adapt those styles to what what the strengths are and the weaknesses are and what what each individual team member you know might need. And that's the style I take. I, I try to understand that and work with them, you know, work with my peers and, and in a collaborative way. 
It's funny that you use the word adapter. I don't know if you remember taking the right path with Leadership Fredericksburg a few years back when you were a mentor, and you were an adapter, right? I do remember that. <laughs> I wasn't sure that was a good thing when I first heard it. It is. Yeah, yeah it's a good thing because you really adapt, just as you mentioned, <clears throat> flexibility, adaptability, um, and situational leadership. Is, is, and particularly over the last few years, it's become more and more important to have that flexibility rigidness in the business community has has kind of gone out of um, style yeah most definitely especially if you look at this employment market right and you you talk about talent management today and attracting talent and you know you know today it's very important to retain your talent because finding it particularly in in um, experienced commercial bankers is very difficult yeah yeah what would you think of as the biggest challenge as a leader um, right now as we enter 2023 yeah, I'd go back to that. You know, I hate to say time management because mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to get to a, a position of leadership if you can't manage your time. But, you know, it's it's really that taking time to think strategically because if I'm not thinking that way for my team, then no one is. So I, I, you know, that that's probably one of the bigger challenges for me. And then make sure that I'm communicating, right? I mean, a lot of times we think we're communicating effectively and we're really not. And, and that's, that's something I'm, I'm always guarding against. Yeah, it's remembering. Uh, sometimes we think, well, we, I told them that. Why don't they know? But how much does it stick to us too, right? So one of the things we say in Leadership Fredericksburg is communicate, 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 and then communicate some more. Right. Maybe then you'll be heard. Right. Particularly yeah. with the prevalence of email communication yeah. or text or you know we have an instant messaging capability you know all of that you might think the message is getting through or it might be getting through with the right context and, and it really isn't yeah it's sort of um yeah it's sort of an overwhelming time as far as all the things that are coming at us with communications it's so different than even 10 years ago if you take in your mind and you visualize uh 2012 2013 um you can kind of see the landscape just starting to open up with social media and, and how that just sort of took over around that uh, a little before then. And then just, you know, it's everything now. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not a huge user of social right. media, but it, but it is. It, it's, it's out everywhere. there. And, you, and yeah. you, you know, to be in business, you have to understand it um, to some degree anyway and be familiar with it. Right, right, right. Uh, it's just an indicator of, of the how fast the world is changing around us. It's, right? moved, it's moving really fast, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like you've got just so much great stuff going on, and um, it's it's probably a, a good time for you guys over at Atlantic Union Bank. And, uh, again, we certainly appreciate um, the involvement in the community and the emphasis on giving back as an organization. Community, uh, giving back to the community is very important to us, and you know we're, this this community has been very again very fortunate with with a, a lot of banks have been successful and who have given back. And Atlantic Union Bank is certainly proud of its its community involvement, and we uh, plan to continue doing that. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for that. As we start to wind down our time together, I just wanted to see if you had a favorite motto or saying that you'd like to share with our listeners. I'm not really big on quotes or mottos, but I, do, I did come across one quite a while back, and, and it kind of stuck with me. It resonates with me on a couple levels, and, and that is, I think it's Zig Ziglar, if I'm getting it right, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a, you will get everything you want out of life if you help just enough people get what they want. 
and and that resonates with me. You know, kind of on the, you know, as bankers, that's sort of what we do. And uh, you know, I think in terms of from a leadership perspective, you know, if you understand the goals of your subordinates of those you are leading, I think that, uh, and you help them achieve them, then you're going to get what you want out of them, which is most likely performance. So those, that, that, that's stuck with me, um, you know, over time. Good. That's a good one. Thank you for sharing that. And is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners? No, I'd just like to thank you again for, for having me here today. The, the chamber is a big part of, of this the business community. Uh, we have a wonderful community. I hear it a lot from from my colleagues across the state, people who come here from other places, just talk about the sense of community that that Fredericksburg has, and and the business community is no exception. So yeah, thank you, and um, you know, I just uh, like to keep doing what we're doing. All right, well, thank you uh, so much for your time today, Pete. Uh, Pete Humes is the market president at Atlantic Union Bank here in the Fredericksburg, Virginia region. And we thank him for being our guest today on the Leader to Leader podcast. If you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, I don't think that's the exact words I meant to say here. We'll pause that for a moment. It's if you haven't already liked our podcast and clicked that button, please do so. So you can continue to follow us here at the Chamber of Commerce with our We Are Business podcast. We would love to keep you up to date on all the great leaders here in the Fredericksburg, Virginia region. Thanks for listening today, and we'll see you next time.